0: Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together.
1: Well, Welcome to another episode uh, in our season of uh, exploring the Bible on We Found Another Hour podcast. David, you probably figured out, uh, Dr. David Levels, is with us. Brother David, you probably figured out last time why we need another hour for things that we do around Grace Baptist, but um, joining me in the studio for this episode, again, Brother Caleb Lewis, Associate Pastor, give us a hoorah, hoorah, (laughs) (laughs) Brother Michael Sharon, our student pastor, uh, give us something, (laughs) hooray, yeah, (laughs) and Brother Derek O'Quinn, our missions pastor, we introduced to you last week. And, um, uh, bro- brother Derek is with us again. Uh, brother Derek, give us something. No, uh, no reference to sex this time, okay?
0: woo okay. whoop! That's, That's all I I got. Reference. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Here we're going down the deep end again, okay? And started uh, off good. David Level is with us. Uh, I didn't explain really last week, brother David, uh, in thoroughly why. Uh, I, I'm grateful, but really why you are able to join us in the studio. And uh, uh, I did make reference to the fact that you and I are tag teaching a class. And uh, I call you our visiting professor. Uh, so a <laughs> oh, yeah. guest with us on uh, Wednesday nights. And then thank you for staying over on Thursday morning. I know um, you, you got a lot on your plate, but thank you for taking your time. And uh, we're enjoying being in the studio together. So welcome, Brother David go balls oh here we go here we go okay (laughs) um so this morning obviously we got uh some questions we'll get to that but i'm so excited because just before we walked in the studio brother caleb guess what i got in the mail Uh, they brought the mail to what'd you get i got my 2021 world war ii national world war ii museum membership card i've been a charter member of the world war ii museum and this is the beauty of it all of us in this room except for brother michael uh uh went to new orleans seminary and uh hopefully brother michael is getting ready to head there that's a whole nother podcast all right but uh we went so we've all spent time in new orleans uh, of course brother david grew up in new orleans with his dad being uh, past uh, president of the seminary so one of the staples Okay, Now, for Brother Derek, obviously, his staple is Bourbon Street, but (laughs) for the rest of us, well, we we moved down the road to the World War II Museum, but the World War II Museum is so awesome. So, I'm giving them a a commercial on our podcast, all right? But if you've never been, it's worth the trip to New Orleans just to go
2: to the World War II Museum.
0: Anybody
1: disagree with that?
0: No. No, it's absolutely amazing. So...
2: And uh, throw in crawfish, and it's really worth your time. Oh, you
1: better know. Oh,
3: and beignets, yes sir, mm. yes sir. Oh, come. The on. last time I ate a beignet, it was like it's actually the first time I ate a beignet. But I went to go take <laughs> a bite of it, and I made the mistake of taking a breath right before I took a bite of <laughs> yeah. it. A big like, no no. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. Like that, <laughs> Like my lungs were just like. Covered in yeah. powdered sugar, and I remember I, I about didn't make it out. And I've only had one beignet mm-hmm. since then. But powdered yeah, sugar you is also, not made yeah, in it's hell. Yeah, it's not made no. in hell. You so, don't breathe in it at the same time. So
1: here, here's where that came from. Uh, prior to, right before Dr. Parker came to be our executive pastor, uh, we we were in the works on that. So we were doing some pre-planning for the year. This is obviously pre-pandemic. This is years ago. So we relocated our staff retreat. To New Orleans, okay, for many reasons. One for beignets, all right, and bread pudding, <laughs> and uh, red beans and rice, and all the other food. But uh, we, we did that, and we we did our planning session, and that way Dr. Parker could participate because that was in the infancy stages of developing GB8, uh, which you'll get a commercial for in just a minute. So, anyway, we were all in New Orleans. So, brother Michael was there. Was that your first trip to New Orleans? Uh, yeah, so
3: that's my first trip to New Orleans. Uh, well, no, I take that back. We had driven through New Orleans before to get on a cruise ship, but I'm just talking. We we never got out the car other than to get on the boat. So that was my first time there, actually getting out and walking, um, you know, walking the streets and seeing. I mean the voodoo. I mean seeing all—it's—it's a totally different place.
1: Here, here's the thing about New Orleans. Would you agree with this, Brother David? You either love New Orleans or you
3: hate New Orleans. I I don't like it. I'm just gonna go on and out there. Absolutely. Killing me. I mean, it just—it's
2: a great place to visit. It's a hard place to live. Mm -hmm. But it's a great
0: place to visit. That's—that was our impression too. Like we really enjoyed our time there, but I don't want to be there forever. So it's kind of like in-laws. (laughs) <laughs> Not my in-laws <laughs> My yeah, in-laws Oh I yeah They're great i move moving with them tomorrow Brother mark. Caleb yeah. Do you have a comment On the
1: in-laws
3: <laughs> Careful
2: It's just just, just the other guys at the break that talked about theirs. That was was biblical because
3: there was silence in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, again,
1: thank you for joining us. Uh, Let's dive into a question because we've got some great questions. We may even try to get two questions uh, done today. Who who knows? But I want to begin with this first question. This is from one of our listeners. And I want to read the passage and then uh, pose the question. And this comes from Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And uh, the Bible says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us, knowing good and evil. And now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Again, that's Genesis chapter 3, verse 22. And here's what our listener said. It's a profound question. Are you ready? the, the listener said, What does this mean? That, that's just so profound. That's the you greatest mean? question. I, I mean, what, what does this mean? So uh, we'll, let's explore that. But, Brother Caleb,
4: why don't you kind of tee up for us what's going on in this passage? Give us the context around it. So, this is obviously the very beginning of Genesis. And God gives, uh, God puts uh, Adam and Eve in this Garden of Eden, and he gives them uh, a command. And he says, Hey, you can have, you can eat the fruit of any tree, any tree you want. But don't, uh, don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And uh, even it mentions that this tree of life is in the middle of the garden. So, uh, so they go along there. We're not told for how long. But uh, this serpent comes at the beginning of chapter 3. And he deceives the woman. He, he tells her a little truth. Mixed in with a little lie. And says, hey, it's not a big deal. You can eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's, it's going to be fine. In fact, God does not want you to eat it because he knows that when you do, that you'll be like him. And so she looks at it, and sees that, oh, this looks like it's going to taste good. It looks like it'll be good for me. So she eats some and then she gives some to Adam to eat. And this says their eyes were open. They realized they were naked. And then God gives these three curses, one to Adam, one to Eve, one to the serpent. And then this passage that there's question about is right after that. And uh, God covers them with skin and then this is when, uh, with animal skin, uh, to cover their nakedness. And then he goes in saying this, hey, uh, they're, the, the men are going to be like one of us knowing good and evil because they've eaten from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And he says we got to make sure that they don't reach out and take the tree of life and live forever. Mm. Well,
2: I hope that was
4: good.
1: Listen, that's that New Orleans seminary education paying off, isn't it? Well. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did good. All right, so obviously we're probably not going to uh, get to answer two questions on this uh, podcast because I gotta go back. When when you were teeing this up, you know, I was thinking about one, we understand that the serpent in the garden is Satan who has manifested himself. We already know, uh, you know, God had created everything in six literal days and took the seventh literal 24 hour period off. We know that from the Hebrew word Yom, we know that they were literal days um, so in the sixth day, God had created Adam. Okay, and then in Genesis chapter two, we find that he, you know, finding a helpmate suitable. So uh, he formed Eve. This is in our last podcast. We talked about the daughters of men. This is where that would come from. So, but he placed Adam and Eve in the garden uh, to to be fruitful and multiply. Which, by the way, brother Derek, I know that's probably your mm-hmm. uh, life verse. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. uh,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Strawberries,
1: blueberries, all the good stuff. So as you said, Brother Caleb, God gave Adam, and and this is what I, I want us to explore for just a minute when we come back from the break. But God gave Adam a specific command, which helps us, Brother David, also to understand kind of theologically in terms of how God works in our life. He put him in the garden. And the Bible says he placed him there. So I don't know where he was created, but it wasn't inside the garden. But he put him in the garden to cultivate it and to keep it. There's so much you could preach from there because he said, you're going to have all the fruit of these trees. So God provided for him uh, the means, but Adam had the responsibility to go gather. So God doesn't do it for us. Okay, this would be a good, good, modern day understanding of for those who do not work, they do not eat. That's First Thessalonians chapter three. So God, we have a responsibility. We have skin in the game in that, but we have a responsibility to understand God's command, what, what the boundaries that he lays. And he specifically told them, you can have all these trees, just don't eat of this one, okay? And uh, so there we see early on, that mankind had free will and choice was provided. I think that's important for theological understanding of even salvation and beyond. So mankind has a choice. There's a reason why God gave him a choice, okay? If you have no choice, then you have no choice, okay? And God, that's not the relationship. That's not the fellowship that God created us to have. Now, we see Eve in chapter three come on the scene and a serpent who is uh, uh, the serpent of old, as we're told in Revelation, it's it's the devil who comes to do what he does and to tempt, to get Eve to go outside of the will of God, okay, to destroy mankind. Now, with that, there's so many things that we can look at, and I wish we had time to explore Genesis chapter 3, because here's what I I, want to say, and then we'll come back and unpack this for a minute before we even answer the question. The plan of Satan to trip up mankind has never changed Mm -hmm. from the beginning. Has never changed. Let's give that a thought and come back and maybe and maybe talk about that after this break. Let's take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Hey, listening audience. Thank you for tuning in to We Found Another Hour podcast. I want to take this opportunity to tell you about a great Christian education for your children. As uh, many of you are aware at Grace Baptist Church, we began a ministry, a Christian private school uh, called Grace Baptist Academy. I'd love to invite you to check out uh, some more information about Grace Baptist Academy, especially as we walk through these unparalleled and unprecedented times of the year 2020. But as we uh, move toward 2021, we would love to have your pre-K three, K four or kindergarten student be a part of Grace Baptist Academy. If you'd like more information about that, please go to our website at www.gbcspringfield.org. And uh, just follow the tab to Grace Baptist Academy. Enrollment is so easy. And uh, I'll go ahead and tell you that uh, tuition is uh, very, very reasonable. And it is, again, a great ministry uh, to lay a great foundation for a great future for your student. Again, Grace Baptist Academy, www.gbcspringfield.org. Okay, we're back. and uh, I left you kind of with a cliffhanger and a statement, but yet again, I want to unpack that just a little bit and the fact that the plan of Satan to kill, steal, and destroy has never changed. He uses the same thing. And this is what I love about the Bible because the Bible reveals the plan. It's still, he uses it the same. It's the same plan today. So let's take just a moment and look at the plan. And this may help. This isn't at all what the question, we'll get to the question in just a minute, but this may help somebody who is struggling in life to navigate to really know and understand the M.O. of the devil and what he's trying to do to their life right now. Look at this in verse uh, one of chapter three. Now the serpent, again, we know that's the devil, was more crafty, understand. Yeah, now brother David, you're gonna get me preaching. But none of us in this world, none of us in this room and none of us in this world are smart enough to beat the devil. Now, Now Jesus is, and this is why we have to rely on him. But he's crafty now. And look at what he does right here. Uh, And the Bible says, he said to the woman, so he comes and he's he's going to engage. So period, understand that the devil is going to engage us as mankind, the crown jewel of God's creation, to whom he hates. He hates God and he hates the crown jewel. So he's going to engage us to get us um, away from God. Spiritually. Emotional, every aspect of that, okay? So he goes to Eve, and he says, Indeed, Eve, has God said you shall not eat from any of the trees of the garden? And the woman said, y'all like how I read that. Y'all don't read the Bible right. Y'all ought to put it in character, okay? So uh, he says, and the woman says to the serpent, From any of the... No, I'm just kidding. I think we've
2: got a character reading the Bible. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so
1: the woman said to the serpent, from the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat from it or touch it, or you will
3: die. Okay, right there. I want to say something. I think this is super interesting, right? Because I think God tells Adam, don't eat of it. Okay. Then Adam is supposed to relay that to Eve. And when Eve relays what she's heard, she is not relaying at least what Adam told her was supposed to. She adds, or touch it. Right. God right. never said touch it. So so in that moment, the enemy knows got her. Well, she don't know the, she does not know what God has commanded. Well, I got her.
1: Well think about this, because <laughs> we find the command in Genesis chapter 2, verse 20. And you're right, it doesn't say anything about touching it. But this also shows us okay, how restrictive things have become. Let, let me read it. I know that y'all are laughing at me reading it kind of in character and context, but think about this. This is what he said, and think about how we respond to the commands of God. Think about how we respond to the Bible. You know why most people don't get saved? Is because they believe that Christianity is a bunch of rules and regulations. And, and nobody wants a boss. Nobody, you know, we need one. I mean, could you imagine going to work uh, and and anything you do and not having any accountability, any guidance? Now, I know y'all think that that sounds good like working here, okay? (laughs) But could you imagine, like, not having any structure? I mean, it would be great for about a day or two, but then you would absolutely have no purpose. So we need boss, we need structure, we need accountability, and we need rules, well, we don't like any of them because of our rebellious nature. But think about how Eve really uh, explained this. The woman said to the serpent, from any of the fruit of the trees of the garden we may eat, but from the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden, God has said, you can eat from it, touch it, or you will die. Think about how, res- how, how restrictive that already this encounter is. Eve doesn't like the rule, and she's making that clear, and you're right, Satan's capitalized on it. So he, uh, in verse four, so the serpent said to the woman, oh, you surely will not die. Every time in, in Satan's plan, this is M.O., Brother David, is that he's going to get you to doubt what God says. What do you think about that? Absolutely.
0: And there's always it's like a manipulation of the truth. There's some way it's been twisted so it not only sounds good, but uh, you can find like that idea that yes, you will become like God, but just only in the fact of knowing there's between good and evil. You're not going to get His authority and His ability and any of that stuff. You're just going to know that one part, and you're going to realize no. And what's super interesting to me about it, like
3: so we know. Ezekiel 28 gives us kind of a description of who Satan was pre-fall. I believe it's talking about Satan. But it says that he's a guardian cherub. Okay, Literally means that he is in the throne room of God. And at some point he decides, I want what God has. I want to be worshipped. I want to be praised. At the heart of the issue, he's really saying, I want to be like God. Okay, then God comes along, creates humanity, and he says, God says, let us make him in our image. So man is already created like God, and and the devil comes and tempts them with the very thing that God has already given them. They just don't get it. They don't understand that they're more like God in their created self then he is. Well, a and good and word. he is literally, and, and doesn't, that, doesn't the enemy do that to us? We
1: don't realize who we are. Uh-uh.
3: We don't realize, I mean, when he comes and, and, and tempts us with something, right? So let's just go with like, I mean, whatever it is, money, pornography, take this and you'll be satisfied. Listen, God's already given us every mean to be satisfied. And what he's given you is poison. Come on, it's poison. Come good word. Brother. Michael's
1: preaching.
3: I love <laughs> this story. I love it. It's so good. It, it points to the...
2: Veracity of Scripture, the inspiration of Scripture. The the veracity, I like that. Scripture. Tell us what that veracity I gotta is. i got to write these words down. I've learned
3: two new words that in the past two weeks. Well, and, I have <laughs> <learned church-reary>. veracity, <laughs> and I have no idea how to spell any of them, so I don't even know how to look them up. Well, when we go offline, we'll That'd be great, about. thank you. The, uh,
2: <laughs> but the, the point is, and my fear, is in the 21st century, we have developed uh, a social, quasi-biblical worldview. We are trying to make the scripture fit our context much like she did Mm -hmm. right here in the garden. And what we do is we come out with a humanistic uh, moralism that has no basis in true relationship with God
3: and his word, but it's better than what we're seeing in the world. So flesh that out like in in uh, in an example today. Like, like, what does that look like today? I think there are
2: believers that, that can uh, believe that abortion is really in somebody else's best interest when mm-hmm. the Bible says that creation comes from God and is special and we are made in his image. And so I, I cannot adhere to that abortion. But I think some people who grow, grow up in a, uh, maybe a, uh, a poverty-laden situation or a depressed situation, says, well, it'd be cruel for that child to be born into this world. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we're going to do that. So we impose our our worldview on top of that and then make Scripture apply to
3: it by saying, well, God's a God of love, and it's going to be okay. So well, we put it, our own morality, what we feel would be best, above what God says. Well, And Absolutely. then we try okay. to make it fit.
1: I, I think you could apply it not only... You, you talked about abortion where the Bible's clear. Do not murder. I mean, I mean, human life is precious. But you can take this in terms of um, uh, sexual morality, homosexuality. Uh, living together. It's just yeah. rampant. I, mm-hmm. I, and it's more prevalent today, Brother David, in our world, uh, you know, shacking up, we, we used to call it. But uh, folks living together and uh, outside of a biblical marriage and matrimony and society accepts this as a, and then what we do is we try to take scripture and match. Here's what we do. We want to do what we want to do and make the Bible match it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And this is, this is straight from Mm -hmm. the enemy because this is, it's still the same plan. This is the whole point I'm trying to make. It's still the same plan. This is what happened in, in, in the garden. So, we, we have to be on guard. The, uh, let, let, let me move on because I want to answer the question because we got off on a rabbit trail. But the serpent said, oh, surely you will not die. He'll have you doubt in the word of God. For God knows in the day that you eat it, uh, that your eyes will be, eat from the tree, that your eyes will be opened and you'll be like God, knowing good and evil again. He, well, he's telling them the truth.
3: Mm-hmm. The devil
1: will tell you the truth in order to get you to fall. Uh, but there's always a form of of the truth that's manipulated. Isn't truth. that what he did with the temptation of Jesus? Sure, you know, quoted scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, when the uh, this is important. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food, brother Caleb, you make reference to the fact that we don't know how long they were in the garden, but I promise you, this is not the first time that she laid eyes on that tree. But this is the first time she saw the tree that it was good for food. It was never appealing before until satan got involved and you know we're built that way that's how sin works it's it's when satan gets involved and begins to tempt us he makes everything look so good and we see it in a different light it's the same plan all right we'll we'll, let's take a break and then when we come back we'll finish this up and, and answer the question but I'm grateful that we got off on this rabbit trail, aren't y'all? I, hopefully, this, this this helps us to understand Satan's Emma. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church in Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about our church or any of its affiliates, please go online to www.gbcspringfield.org or simply write to us via email at podcast at We'd love to hear from you. Let's continue now listening as our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests continue to give biblical insight to your toughest theological questions.
1: Okay, we're back. And uh, we, we do have a question before us, but I just want to finish up Uh, This passage again when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to the eyes and The tree was desirable to make one wise she had never seen this tree in this life ever She took from it uh, And gathered the fruit and ate, and she gave also to her husband. So sin is the same thing sin uh, When when you sin you're not just affecting yourself You're affecting someone else uh, now, Adam's you know, responsible for his own uh, sin and his choice to take that fruit. But but here, here's, here's the thing. Satan has an M.O. It's not changed. A method of operation to destroy your life. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'm grateful for the Bible because it unveils it and mm-hmm. it's never changed. So we know how to combat it. You can't combat something that you don't know is coming. But God in his graciousness has given us the plan so we can guard ourselves. Now let's go back to the question. What about, now we know about the tree of good, of the knowledge of good and evil. What about this tree of life? What, what? the the question is, uh, what does this mean? When the Lord said, behold, the man has become like one of us. Okay. His eyes were open and he knows good and evil.
3: I believe that they did not know that prior to eating mm-hmm. of, the, of, of the tree. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? I mean, just absolute bliss just it's how it's going to be in heaven person, yeah i mean guarded from that they
1: had they were eternal they, mm-hmm. they and they were eternal and and in the in in a perfect state of redemption well not redemption because they had nothing to be redeemed from but when they took that everything changed when they took that bite mm-hmm. uh and the bible says and now he might stretch out his hand and take also from the tree of life. So there's obviously two trees, as you mentioned, Brother Caleb. So what does it mean to take from the tree of life and to eat and live forever? And why was that a danger at that point? Because we know after this, they were expelled from the garden and a cherubim uh, was there to guard the gar- garden, not to let mankind back into it. So it's obviously very important. So what, what is that talking about? Uh, y'all jump in. Oh, I, I got, this. One time. I got <laughs> this. Okay,
3: so... So when we think about, you know, what, how God responds, he, he, get, he deals out three punishments, right? But, but then the big one is he removes them from the garden. And, and when you tie this into what he is removing them from, he is removing them from the tree of life. And so here, here's what I think is going on. As soon as they eat that, right, inside they know I have messed up. They know they're naked, and they're ashamed. God comes. It's super important. Listen, he provides the first sacrifice in the Scripture, and he also provides the last sacrifice in the Scripture, and he clothes us in righteousness. Uh But but listen, here's what's crazy. Here's what's crazy. If they eat of that, that tree of life, and I believe that tree of life is immortality. Okay, if they and I believe it's a physical tree. I believe it's present. I believe it's alive right now in heaven. It's in it's in the book of Revelations. It is being held for, for believers. Right, we're going to eat of that thing, but if they eat of that thing, think about this: they are forever immortality separated from God because of their sin. So, so, so what we look at as a punishment of being removed from the garden, and it is a punishment. God means it for a provision for us i do not want you to, to live in this eternal state if you eat of this you're going to live forever and you're going to live forever separated from me so so he does two things number one we initiate a sacrificial system in so, so that there can be forgiveness until the last sacrifice comes and number two he is protecting them from making and they've already made one mistake but he's going to protect them from making the worst mistake that humanity could ever make which is to be eternally you know, alive, separated from him. That's my take on what's going on on the tree of life. And for anybody that asks, is the tree of life still here on earth? No. Revelation says that it is in heaven beside the river. What about life.
4: what about the Fountain of Youth in Florida? Listen, Fountain of Youth, River of Life, <laughs> all
3: of that stuff. I, I believe is it's, it's in heaven. Florida. Nah, <laughs>
4: oh, come on, Ponce <laughs> <St>. Leon. <laughs> uh, what are what are your thoughts on that, brother? Cameron? I mean, I I agree with brother Michael, and going off you know what he said that. It is a punishment. There's no doubt this Mm -hmm. is a punishment. But God's punishments are always redemptive, Mm. except for the final punishment, right, which is that eternal death Mm. uh, that you can't escape from. But uh, God chastises those who he loves. And uh, even Paul, you know, when when churches, when, when there's somebody in the church who's in sin, and he says, you know, put them out, hand them over to Satan so that they may be taught not to blaspheme. So God's punishments were always for the purpose of correction, always for the purpose of redeeming the person. And God did not want like just like Brother Michael said, God did not want Adam and Eve to exist eternally in this sinful state. He wanted them to be able to come back into a relationship and, and fellowship with him. And so he he did something painful but necessary, which so, was like, take away the tree of life. So you just
3: said this and I just now thought about it. But like it's a great question for parents, right? Like, are the punishments that you're responsible for dealing out to your kids are, are they with the end game in mind of redemption, true? Or or is it just like, dude, I'm so angry at you, I can't just believe. Me. Yeah, just right. meanness. Like like like, what's the point? And you know, even in in all of and this is something I try to tell our students, man. Everything that God says to do is for your best interest. He knows every single way. thing, yeah. Every single thing. It's like a guardrail. A guardrail is not on the side of the highway, so you can't have a good time driving no, in the it's ditch. It's just
1: like uh, Brother yes. David going bowling because you
3: know he puts in <laughs> bumper pads. So hey, I bowl. To... I bowl a lot better. I have actually bowled with bumper pads up and bowled so hard that I skipped over the bumper pad into another lane, and that's that, what that's I knew. I was done. That's <laughs> skill. <laughs> Nobody yeah. there that was working at the bowling alley congratulated me. They said, "Sir, you're gonna you're gonna have to stop." Look, just sir, you
4: can avoid that by doing. They would just use one of those little slides, so you put the ball up and roll it down. You never have that problem. I thought those were for handicaps.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so so work many, you know. But anyways, I mean, punishment and God's rules—I mean, they're always for our benefit. So, Caleb, thank you. That, well, that's, that's a good for parents. Brother too. David, give us some parting thoughts on that. <laughs> not on the bowler, yeah, not <laughs> bowler.
2: I I, well, I, I'm not a good bowler, although I took that as an elective in college, so that really got me. You know, what an option down the alley, so to speak. Yeah. Oh, I took wow.
1: seven PEs in college. I absolutely believe in that. my ten years
2: of Austin P. I was yeah. the only student over there had tenure. <laughs> back, back to the point. I think, um, I think uh, Satan comes to oppose everything God stands for. I think Satan is a master illusionist, and he wants us to make he wants us to think right is wrong and wrong is right. And I think we fall, his tricks are not, uh, big word alert, are not voluminous. He's got six good or seven night. things. that's a good one. He's got six or seven things that he tips us with. Uh, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. You go down the yeah. list. And, and the fruit
3: hits all of them.
2: Absolutely.
3: Fruit hits all of them. She saw that it was good for the eyes, good to make one wise, hits every single one. And he
2: still does that today in yeah. our lives. So when the Lord had to because of his righteousness... Uh, bring condemnation to sinful behavior. The reason he they he had to banish them from the garden immediately and set a post out in front, an angelic post to keep them from coming back in. Guardian chair was yeah. because of that uh, tree of life. Because if they had done that, they would have stayed in a uh, in a form of a perpetual hell mm. um, there, and so. Um, I think you see God's graciousness. He created them. He sustained them. He put them in a perfect place. You see the temptation of Satan, the humanity of mankind. And then you see God's graciousness in banning them from the Garden of Eden because of the consequences of what could happen. And uh, and God began his kingdom agenda to, to uh, ultimately come in Jesus Christ to redeem us.
4: And... and- you know, as we think about this, Satan, as we mentioned earlier, Satan's plan is always to corrupt the Word of God. But if you think about that, that's corrupting the Word of God to Adam and Eve, like the Word that God literally spoke, that they heard. That's corrupting the the written Word of God through, through groups like uh, Mormons who have their own, and Jehovah's Witness, who add books, have their own translations. And he also tried to corrupt the living Word of God, Jesus, in his temptation. But obviously that didn't work. And so that's why that's why this podcast and, and going through the Bible, exploring the Bible is so important. So we need to understand what the Word of God really says, because that's going to be the, that's the battleground yeah. that every temptation is fought on, is what does the Word of God say? And I think
3: a great cue to know, is the devil trying to, to corrupt the Word of God in me, is any time you start to rationalize sin in your mind. Mm. That's exactly what Eve does. She is thinking and seeing and she is rationalizing that. When you were at that point, it is not good. Not good. Guys, that's a great word. Thank you. Uh,
1: It's a great question and uh, a great insight. So thank you for participating. Um, We're praying for you. And uh, if you want to know more about uh, walking through especially a relationship, but even in your fellowship. If you find yourself having fallen victim to what we talked about today, the MO of Satan, uh, we'd like nothing more to help you get back on track with the Lord, uh, believing uh, and and trusting in him. So uh, get in contact with us. That's what we want to do. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and uh, keep your questions coming. We love to answer them. Thank you guys for being in the studio. Thank you for being a part of this podcast, and uh, thank you for all that you do for the kingdom. Until next time,
0: uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. God bless you. Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour with your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.